Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams, niche nonsense, or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothbaum back in the chair and a City bow out of the Champions League at the quarterfinal stage. I've got two guests to discuss that and much more. Welcome to two of my favourites, to Rob Barron, CTID, and to Nick. Hello, Boston. Nigel. Hi. Uh, welcome both. Listen, let, let's get Champions League defeat to Leon and uh, the exit of the quarterfinal stage, as I say, out of the way first. Uh, gentlemen, uh, let's start with you, Rob. Was Pep's lineup the blame for the loss? Look, uh, Pep has brought us glory beyond glory, and he deserves great credit for that. The lineup, in my view, on this occasion, was not the right lineup, in my humble opinion. And uh, that is Pep's responsibility. Uh, what is also the case is that when it obviously wasn't going well, he didn't do anything about it until it was too late. And therefore, it wasn't his finest hour. But the team were unlucky in, as far as the decisions were concerned. Um, Sterling missed a chance that my grandmother would have scored and should have scored. And, um, and she's been dead for seven years. Indeed. And Pep's <laughs> not responsible for that. So, uh, you know, um, Pep is not a god. He's a human being. He's a wonderful manager. Any idiot who says that City ought to get rid of him simply should leave the stage. I mean, that is so ridiculous. We're so well, lucky to have him. And let's, let's, come on, let's, come on to, let's come on to that, that part, Rob. Let's just get to Nick's reaction quickly first to 
the, the issue of selection. And, and just to remind everybody, you know, no Mares, no Bernardo Silva, no David Silva, no Foden, lots of holding midfielders um, and quite a defensive feel to it and kind of changing also uh, the formation as well with kind of, you know, wing backs and five at the back, not the way City have played. Why, why tinker with it when we've just dumped Real Madrid over two legs quite convincingly out of the Champions League? Why tinker at all, Pep? Well, well, how how ironic this week of all weeks that we actually got to take our exam to get our result rather than just be told what it was, um, and we and we failed, we failed absolutely and horribly, um, and it was a combination of everything. It was it was as classic a city disaster as there's as there's ever been. Um, everything's relative, but this was up there with the best of them. And in the past 10 odd years, we've been used to being pretty close to disaster, but grasping glorious victory from the jaws of defeat. But this time it was an absolute omni shambles. Um, it was Pep psyching himself and the team out before it even started. Um, it was a pretty horrendous first half with the completely expected consequences and then partly dragging themselves back into the game and really looking like they were going to go on and turn things around and win it after they got the equaliser. Um, you know, with some individual mistakes of one degree or another, or another from Gabriel Jesus' is one meaningful contribution to the game being a fairly bad miss when it was 1-1 to something unspeakable and indescribable from Raheem Sterling. He's always had that in his locker. Most of us know that. And he, he, he got it out for that game. Edison, almost as bad. And chucking a bit of, of a VAR disaster into the mix as well. Um, I'm not... I guess I'm a little bit angry, but I'm not especially angry. I don't have huge amounts of time for the Champions League. But um, Pep needs to sort himself out one way or another. We all know that the way that he plays football and the way that he manages his squad and his tactics will blow 95% of the Premier League away week in, week out but it just doesn't cut the mustard when it comes to playing good teams and great teams in the knockout competition in the Champions League. Let me it's come back to Rob. Let me come back to Rob, Rob if I can. Rob, Rob, Nick's talking about Pep needs to sort himself out. Uh, what, what, what is Pep's problem with Europe? And, and in the last two clubs he's managed, he sort of failed to win it with with us and his previous club as well and going out of the quarterfinal stage is seen as a bit of a failure um lots of investment it's kind of the the monkey off our we need to get this monkey off our back what what do you think you've, you've talked i know you've met the man as well and he's a great man what what is his problem with europe we, we've dominated the domestic league but 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 haven't haven't managed to sort this one out rob what are your thoughts on that yeah i think that if you look at the games in which we've been eliminated from the Champions League, 
Monaco, Liverpool, Tottenham, and now Lyon. Um, there are two things that strike you. One is that um, they've been unlucky on uh, at least three of those occasions, certainly against Liverpool and Tottenham, and the margins have been very, very fine. And secondly, uh, certainly against Monaco and Lyon, um, Pep's form of playing has underrated the importance of a very strong defence. And I think that told against us this week and it told against us against Monaco. And I don't think there's any great failure involved in this. When you look at Pep's career, uh, he, he's as good as anybody in winning games and in winning European games. So to call it a failure is simply not the case. I mean, we've just got to keep on going and he has to reassess what he's doing. I'd just like to say one thing. His critics always said about him that he played his own game. Uh, he didn't think about the opponents enough and that that would uh, cost him. And on this occasion, exactly the reverse has been the case, that he changed the tactics to suit the opponents. It felt wrong, it was wrong, and it proved to be wrong. And uh, Pep has to think very carefully what the implications of that are. I I've heard people say that he has too much of his own way and that uh, he needs challenge in the coaching area, certainly since he lost Arteta. I don't know whether that's the case or not. But we shouldn't be talking about failure. Failure is when you get relegated. And, you know, Nick said it's a disaster rating with all the others. When we got relegated from Division 2 to Division 3, as it was, I didn't get up for 24 hours. I was so upset <laughs> and humiliated. This, this defeat is water off a duck's back because we can try again next year. I'll come well, back to let me just, Can I just come back on that, Nigel, for a second? Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Because, uh, yeah, no, I can. I mean, I completely agree with Rob on that point. As I said, everything's relative. It's not, you know, it's not absolutely the same as going down to the to, to the second or, or or the third tier. But in in terms of the manner of the defeat and the sort of globalized nature of it. Uh, combined with the opposition, who probably unfairly were, were were considered very strong underdogs, and we were probably unfairly considered very strong strongly to be the favourites, not just for that game, but to win the entire competition. Which for most of us who've been watching for the last twelve months would be uh, would be probably vigorously um, arguing against. Um, so no, it wasn't a. It wasn't a failure in that sense, but it was a it was a pretty atrocious night overall. Can I just pick up on this failure word a second? Because again, playing the role that I often play, and you'll understand what I'm doing here. Some of our opponents, some other teams, would look at the investment, would look at uh, the, the whole sort of Manchester City project and say that actually we have still not won the Champions League and that in itself is a failure for a club of, of with our ambition and what's been uh, spent and, 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 and what's been invested in the club itself. 
some people would argue, would they not, Rob, that actually not winning the Champions League, and they've, they've said it, uh, is indeed a failure. Would you, how would you respond to that? Well, they would say that, wouldn't they, as somebody once said. Uh, it, it, it doesn't really matter to me uh, that City have spent a lot of money because that doesn't make them different from any other club that has won the Champions League. So, for example, Chelsea, Liverpool, United have all spent vast fortunes similar to ours in, in, in trying to win the Champions League. I accept uh, that it's hugely disappointing, but this is a journey that we're on. It's not, you know, you don't fail because one year you don't happen to win it. And uh, the, key, the key thing is not to talk about failure, but to learn from what happened, which was pretty horrible, and to make sure it doesn't happen again. Nick, we've got to win the Champions League, haven't we, at some point? Next year, the year after, when, when are we going to win it to, to, to satisfy ourselves and maybe our opponents? Well, I, I, as I've said many, many times, I mean, I've said it consistently whenever I've been on the podcast, Nigel, I genuinely actually don't care. Um, I think that, uh, to be fair to Pep, you know, he never... Um, glorifies in the adulation and the um, the positive press coverage that he gets. He's called a genius and, a, you know, the greatest ever and blah de blah He never really plays on it. He always downplays it, in fact. Um, but the reality is that I think, it, you know, it seems, from as an outsider, it seems very much that, you know, his rule as far as the footballing uh, side of, the club goes is is pretty absolute what he does is what he wants to do nobody questions him nobody maybe perhaps he doesn't get the level of challenge um that might be quite helpful in some ways um and you know he runs the show so when things don't go right unfortunately even when you know 90 percent of everything else does go right when things don't go right in such a high profile way um, it's inevitable that he takes he takes the majority of the flak, and I think it's right that he does. Uh, but will we win the Champions League? If we, you know, we, we, of course we need to learn from this. But we needed to learn from what happened last year, when there was a, you know, a, a similarly sort of tragic comic ending to the to the Spurs game, which was, and I was at the game. It was a. It was a wonderful game. It was an incredible game. And I left it with, you know, quite a quite a positive outlook, particularly given the end result. But it was just a wonderful game. We lost it because of a decision that was down to literally fractions of a millimetre and fractions of a second and a TV replay that could have gone from one uh, absolute moment to another and the outcome would have been very different. But it was still a game where we... You know, conceded goals in a in a in a in a very free and easy way. Um, it was, and it was a very different game to last night. But we didn't learn from last year too much. We didn't learn particularly from the year before that, and we didn't learn from the year before that. So I think it's not necessarily a case of when are we going to win it, but when is when are we? When is when is he going to learn? When is he it, he's he's what he's clearly one of the top handful of greatest managers that have ever 
been involved in the game. So when and how is he going to develop a way to win the Champions League that um, is not going to result in these in these 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 major major defeats every year? And I, and I don't I don't know the answer, but that's what he's got to work it out. That's what he's got to work out. Can I just go back to something you said at the start, Rob, and just to sort of square this off um, early on, which is this issue. There are some people, some idiots, um, who are actually starting to sort of question Pep's future at Manchester City and suggesting that it's time for him to move on. Just What, what would you say to those people if they kind of just suddenly appeared on the show now and they, they rang in and said, hey, I want to talk to that Rob Behrens bloke uh, about Pep and uh, saying to you, he's got to go. How, what, how would you respond, Rob? What would you say to those idiots? The, the, those people are entitled to their opinions, but they're stupid. Uh, and they're <laughs> stupid because he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. He's brought to the club an aura and, a, and an excitement in the way that City play football, which we will always remember and which probably we've never seen before. He's a great human being and he will leave the club eventually, uh, either at the end of next year or later, immeasurably stronger than it was when he came. So, you know, those people who want to get rid of him, they're so ridiculously stupid if they think that's going to strengthen us in any way. The thing I like about Pep is he's never been the one to say, I am the special one like other managers. And he's always said, and I think this is important at this time, it's the way you play football, not the result that counts. And what was so disappointing about uh, the game against Leon was that we were too defensive, we were not creative enough, and we were not imaginative enough. All the things that you associate with Pep didn't happen on this occasion. But I think that there's been so much that's been great that that is, frankly, something that you just move on from. Nick, is there any validity in anybody suggesting for a moment that Pep's time is up? Well, I mean, I, look, I, I, I certainly don't subscribe to that view. I think that, as, as, as does Rob, that he has been an immensely positive um, attribute to the club. He... Uh, as I said, he's one of the greatest ever. Um, generally speaking, overall, he's been enormously successful. And I think that uh, Rob's right that he will leave a legacy. He's done it at other clubs that he's been to. He will certainly leave a legacy at, um, at City. He builds something bigger than just the first team. He, see, he clearly builds something much bigger than just you know the result, uh, whatever it is, week in, week out. He um, has an incredibly strong relationship with the management of the club in lots of different ways. I think that's very important. And, you know, there, there are a few things more important than long-lasting consistency. Um, I certainly don't subscribe to the idea that he should go. Um, what I would want to see is him staying at the club for as long as possible, but he's got... To, to find different ways, slightly different ways to do things. I do think that he's been doing what he's been doing for 10 plus years now. And as with everything, 
life moves on. Um, look at any business, any organization, if they're still doing exactly what they were doing, mostly you'll find exceptions, but if they're still doing what they were doing 10, 15 years ago, then probably the competition has caught up and possibly gone past them in, in one way or another. So, you know, it, whatever walk of life you're in, however successful you are, um, you can't you can't rely on being a bit of a one-trick pony forever. And, uh, you know, other clubs are playing differently. They're also becoming successful. Doesn't mean they're going to be more successful than us, but they are finding different ways to play. And clearly, you know, we are not perfect, obviously. It's impossible to be perfect in the game of football. Um, whatever you do, you're going to lose games here and there. Um, and you're never going to win everything because life is just like that. And it's all about lots of different people having to perform at the very, very highest level week in, week out. Uh, and, and an enormous amount of things that are outside of the managers and the club's control. Um, but undoubtedly, there are different ways to play and different approaches. And not only that, but um, teams are finding ways to play against us that are becoming at least this year, increasingly effective. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Can I touch on the story, Rob, uh, that's also kind of hit the uh, hit the newsstands today, which is the, the, the thought again being floated that Messi, his time is up at Barcelona and, and it might be uh, it might be on his way to Manchester. Uh, how do you respond to that and how do you think he might fit in if indeed there is any truth in that at all? Uh, yeah, I... I'm happy to respond to that. I, I, I love what Nick says. He's mostly right. But to, to call Pep a one-trick <laughs> pony, I, you know, I mean, that is insulting to, to what the man has done. And I, I think you should withdraw that, Nick, because that's, that's not right. But uh, Messi is, is a, a fancy franchise. He wouldn't make, or more importantly, he wouldn't remake the City team in the way that it needs to be restructured. And if they get him for one season, that's okay. But the future of City is not about Messi. The future of City is about Foden uh, and people like him uh, reconstructing the, the side around Foden. So I'm relaxed. If he comes, that's fine. But uh, there's something very odd about uh, a team which has uh, Bernardo Silva on the bench. Um, so we've got huge skills anyway. 
we don't necessarily need a 33-year-old to come in for one season and strut his stuff. Nick, before you respond to the messy question, are you willing to withdraw your one-trick pony as Rob requested? Well, I can't remember exactly in how I, how I used <laughs> that that those words and what context, but I, I'm not absolutely not. He, I'm, Rob's perfectly entitled to his opinion. So I, he could say exactly what he wants without any problem whatsoever. I completely respect him. Um, Messi, Messi is yeah, he's right. Rob's not uh, well. Rob's not the answer. Messi's definitely not the answer. We're big, we're a bigger club now than bringing bringing Messi in, uh, and you know that being the answer to everything. I think it'd be quite entertaining um, if he if he joined City uh, for many reasons. I'm sure he's. Uh, He's got one or two more years left in him. Is he? Another, he's probably not another Georgie King Cladzi, uh, neither in himself nor into, in the context in which he would come into the club. Uh, but it would certainly sell a few shirts. And uh, if there were, uh, if we were ever allowed to go and watch a game again, it would certainly draw the, cl- the, uh, the crowd. So uh, it would be entertaining. But it's yeah, no, Rob's right. It's about it's about people like Phil Foden, and it's certainly about people like Bernardo Silva. I mean. You know, it really would be a, a, a horrible shame to see Lionel Messi joining the club and Bernardo potentially uh, potentially going somewhere else. That would be awful. Uh, just sticking with you then, Nick, uh, for, for a second, uh, the, the other announcement since we were last on is that uh, at last an award that's gone to the right player for a change, and that's that uh, Kevin De Bruyne has been uh, given the title of Premier League Player of the Season. That's uh, That's... Of course, the right decision, and uh, good to hear that a City player gets an award at last. Delighted for the lad, and absolutely the right decision. Yeah, really, really good. Um, he is a fabulous player, um, and he's a really nice bloke. Uh, I thought, actually, what was most depressing about the other night was watching his interview after the game, when he clearly had other things on his mind, because his, his uh, wife is expecting another child, but... Um, it, it felt to me like he was just a bit peed off with everything. Um, and, you know, obviously after a big game and, and then losing, that's that's to be expected. But I, I just felt there was a little bit more to it than that after after the season that, that they've had and that he's had. Uh, and actually, you know, him being player of the year this year is a little bit of a travesty because really he deserved it last year and the year before as well when... His contribution was enormous to our incredible domestic success. Whereas this year, it's been, you know, it's obviously been, I think it's been frustrating for him um, over the course of the season. Uh, not only has, you know, he's had one or two slightly poorer performances, but, you know, the number of chances that he's created that haven't been converted is, you know, he must be, he must be sick to the back teeth and everything to do with the game at the moment. He needs a few weeks off. Uh, Rob, you've been privileged to see some of the true greats at City over the years. KDB's up there with some of the best, I suspect, in your eyes. I think he's had an absolutely wonderful season. And uh, I think he also said something which was very interesting. Although I agree with Nick that he was obviously uh, fed up. But he said, same faults, different season. And I think that's true. And it shows that uh, he's got a footballing brain as well as great skill. He needs to become the captain of City uh, and 
and he needs to be given that as quickly as possible. Uh, though hopefully he, he will stay with us because he's just the best player in Europe at the moment. And I can't think uh, of anyone better than him in the time that I've watched City. That's praise indeed. Uh, someone else who's, uh, I guess, up there, uh, Rob, would be the great David Silver. And again, it's announced today by the chairman that a statue uh, and a training ground mosaic, which seems to be the uh, the thing to do for, for these players, and he gets a, a mosaic for his own home as well, of course, to go with that, uh, to go along with Vincent Companies, which again was announced, I think, 2021 or 2022, these statues are going to be erected and they're going to work with David to decide whether it's one with hair or without hair and all that. I'm, I'm sure there'll be all sorts of decisions they're going to make, which shirt he's going to wear and which celebration it is. But but, but being serious for a moment, um, I just, I'm, I'm so thrilled and delighted to hear that, that Vincent and David, and of course, we know what's going to happen next, of course, next season, of course, there'll be no doubt Sergio would have to join those three. Uh, whether Kevin at some point in the future does, we'll have to wait and see. But, but we can all see, can't we? Company, Silver and Sergio, there. Um, in bronze or whatever they're going to be cast in. It's just great news, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm really thrilled and delighted to hear that. Or are you, are you an anti-statue man? I'm, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm chuffed, I'm chuffed a bit. How do you feel, Rob? Well, I, I think it's uh, very important that clubs like ours demonstrate concretely their history, uh, particularly to those people who say we have no history. So uh, I think it's wonderful that these statues are going to be built. I hope they're of great quality. Um, I, I, I'm slightly interested in the idea that Yaya doesn't get a statue, uh, but perhaps we don't need to go into that. Uh, but it's certainly excellent that Company and um, Silver are recognised for the amazing contribution that they've made. Nick, are you, uh, you a, a statue fan or is this something that winds you up? Uh, I've never really thought about it before, Nigel, I have to say, but I think it would certainly boost the spectator numbers over the next couple of years, so that's probably a good thing. Um, yeah, of course, he deserves he deserves legend status. If that is to be a statue, then as long as they don't get the same guy who did the Ronaldo one, I think it's it Madeira, <laughs> Madeira Airport, uh, yeah. it'll, be, yeah. it'll be a great tribute. And, uh, yes, I hope they capture his hair at its finest moment in time, whenever that may be. Brilliant. Listen, let, let's leave the Champions League behind, as, as uh, Manchester City Football Club have had to. And let's just look back on the season briefly before, before we close, and maybe if we've got time, hopes and fears for next season as well. Just, just help summarise the season for us, Nick, if you can. In terms of, uh, we, we obviously we won the Community Shield, we won the Carabao Cup, and there are many, many seasons we've watched with no silverware. But I guess compared with the dominance over the couple of seasons before, it's been a disappointing season for City. Would you say? Is that how you describe it? Yeah, it has. It has in several ways, um, and that's not to downplay what was achieved. And you know, again, it was fantastic to go to Wembley. Um, Never take that for granted. You never know when you're going to go back. Um, and it was a nice, uh, it was a nice day out. It wasn't the greatest of of games against Villa, but you know, you got a you got a finals and you want to win them. And we did it again. Um, overall, I think, I guess naturally, one has to 
sort of compare it a little bit because just one just does to the phenomenal year that were, that was last year and and the year before and clear, clearly it didn't um, hold up against those. There were some very very disappointing results. It was fairly clear from a pretty pretty early point in the season that we were likely not to be able to challenge for the title and that fell away very quickly. Um, and, um, you know, I think actually for me, probably I have to say, uh, with all seriousness, the real, real highlights and excitement actually came off the pitch because um, the issues with, with UEFA and our eventual... Um, uh, winning of that case uh, and vanquishing of the of the uh, UEFA case at um, at CAS was was frankly probably the most interesting thing that happened for the club this year, and it was phenomenal. It was a fantastic result. Uh, I mean, they played it perfectly. The tactics were brilliant. The execution <laughs> was brilliant. The team the team was absolutely superb. Uh, and they left it to the very last moment, and they came out and they absolutely nailed it. Um, and and you know, I remember I did the podcast a few weeks ago, just after that uh, result, and we talked about that was just I think just as the season was starting up again, and we talked about you know what we were hoping for with the the FA Cup to come, and obviously the Champions League, and how fantastic it would be, and how what a real punch in the face it would be to our detractors to go and and really make a really massive effort um, and a great uh, effort to, to win that, that tournament and really stick it to them. Uh, and, of course, it's not happened. But, that, you know, genuinely, I would say that uh, that was probably the high point for me and a very important one it was too. Rob, how do you summarise the season? Well, I think on the downside... 12 defeats in one season is, is very disappointing. I think the loss of Leroy Sane is huge, and we haven't really come to terms with that. In terms of the upside, um, De Bruyne's performances have been amazing. The emergence of Foden uh, as fulfilling the potential that uh, people always talked about and his capacity to be able to do it week in, week out, certainly since the lockdown, has has been uh, very reassuring. But I agree with Nick. Uh, the victory against UEFA, you can't underestimate that in terms of reputation, in terms of money, in terms of player loyalty. And we should recognise that Pep played an absolute blinder in defending the club throughout this, in not hiding away from it, in not distancing himself from a, an adverse result. And I think uh, what, what makes the loss against Leon so bearable is we can say, well, we can try again next year, which we wouldn't have been able to do if Cass had uh, confirmed what UEFA tried to do. And what about hopes and fears for, for, for next year then, Rob? What, what, does, what does good look like to you then for next year? Sitting here, we'll be sitting here whenever the season ends. Who knows when it's going to start? I think we've got an idea whether we'll be allowed in, as Nick says or not. We're not sure. But uh, let's say in approximately 12 months' time when the season finally finishes, what, what would good look like to you? 
Well, could I say very quickly that there are some pressing transfer issues to be addressed. I mean, can City any longer keep players like Mendy, Stones and Otamendi? Uh, and probably I think the answer to that is no. But if that is the case, then they have to uh, be very wise in the transfer market because I want to win the Premier League next year, and I think Pep does too. But we won't be able to do that without uh, a new central defender and uh, a backup striker for Aguero beyond uh, Jesus. So there's a lot to do, and that team needs refreshing. Nick, your, your hopes and fears for next season? Yeah, I mean, you know, when our, our, our wiseness in the transfer market over the last few years has been few and far between, I would say. Um, Laporte has probably been the obvious star, uh, defensively at least. Uh, but I agree with Rob, absolutely. Um, funnily enough, you know, despite the, the result and the general performance, I thought, I actually really thought Cancelo had the best performance out of a left-back that we've seen at City for probably several years, actually, um, in that game. Um, and I, I actually think that Pep's got some sort of issue with, with, uh, with left-backs and right-backs. He's, he's, unless they can do 100 metres in 11, a sort of Olympic-style Olympics um, pace, then he's not entirely sure what to do with them. <clears throat> But yes, we need, we certainly need, uh, and we've talked about this in over recent months. Um, you know, there's a lot that, that we need to do in the transfer market. Um, but there's also got to be a bit of a rethink, rethink strategically um, and a general refresh. I'm not sure how easy that's going to be without some significant numbers of new players coming in because, frankly, the, the existing ones have been going at it for a about 15 months since the start of of the season. And the idea of turning around in two, three weeks and starting all over again must fill them with absolute dread, most of them, I would have thought. Um, so we need some new blood. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's difficult to know how things are going to turn out. I think it's going to be a very odd season, I have to say. Uh, you know, no crowds, I think, for a lot of it. Very low crowds for the for, for the rest of it. Um, the chances of a stop-start season very much over the winter, depending on what happens. Um, I think it's going to be a funny one. Well, let's hope there's some silverware at the end of it. This this is our last show of the season because you know, there's nothing else to talk about. No more games until we have a sort of a, a, a sort of a, a bit of a go at the pre-season stuff. Any chance? Anything else you want to discuss, right? Anything else on your mind? Before Absolutely, we go Nigel. Go on. Can I say, Nigel, that one of my hopes for next season is yes. that Colonel Rothband is <laughs> a mascot at City and that he leads the team onto the pitch in celebration of his fabulous 100th birthday later this week. Uh, he has the most photographic yeah. memory of anybody that I've ever met. He talks about City teams in the 1930s with great accuracy. And his love of Jesus Navas uh, was brought home this uh, <laughs> week by his contribution mm. to uh, the defeat of uh, United. So we wish him uh, a wonderful, uh, healthy, um, 
uh, birthday and year to come. That's very sweet, Rob. That, that's, that's really sweet. Yes, uh, my, my old dad, 100 years old, on Friday this week, the 21st of August, 1920, he was born. And uh, you're right. It's interesting. We've been talking about silver and, and company and, and KDB, and he loves them all. But interestingly, still, when you press him on his favourite ever city play, it's still Peter Doherty going back yeah. all those years. Uh, and he will not be moved on that. And uh, many people, most people will not even know who I'm talking about. So have a Google on Peter Doherty. My dad's favourite player, who, as you say, will be 100 on Friday. Thank you, Rob. That's very sweet of you. Uh, listen, a, a few thank yous before we go. Nick, anything else from you? Sorry, before we go. I've got a few thank yous before we sign off finally. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, we've, we've got, uh, in, in many ways, we've got a great opportunity in the season to come because um, it's the first time in, in a couple, at least a couple of years that we are you know, trying to regain our our title, uh, we've got a lot to prove. Um, we've got the we've got uh, you know a phenomenal young talent, uh, homegrown, who we're all desperate to see come through now. And the loss of a great legend of the club is an opportunity for others to fill that space, um, and we all want to see that happen. Um, so you know we enjoy a bit of adversity. Um, we are used to losing. We're used to misery. We're used <laughs> to tragic, tragic comedy. Um, yes. It makes us stronger and it makes us more desperate to go back and, and win it again. And I think that's what the team and that's what the club as a whole have got to hold on to, um, to go back to in a few weeks' time. Fantastic. Well, listen, thanks to my two guests, to Rob Bear and CTID and to Nick Goldstone. And before we go, a few other thank yous to Playback Media for giving us the opportunity to discuss the club we love every week. To Leon, our brilliant engineer, who doesn't even yeah. like football and doesn't have to, have to listen every week. To our sponsors, who make sure that you can listen to this for free. To my brilliant guests who give up their time each week to come on the show. And last but not least, you, the listeners. Without you, we wouldn't be doing it at all. Listen, stay safe. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.